Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People v. Williams, decided on December 17, 2020. Stein, J. No reasonable view of the evidence presented at trial supported a conclusion that defendant's initial possession of the firearm in question was innocent or excusable. Therefore, the courts below properly held that defendant was not entitled to a jury charge regarding temporary and lawful possession, and we affirm. Defendant was charged with several counts of attempted murder, assault, and criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree after he shot an acquaintance, Leon Carson, as well as a bystander, in the lobby of a large apartment building. Viewed in the light most favorable to defendant, the evidence established that, on the day of the shooting, defendant was visiting the apartment of a friend, known as Foe. As defendant left the building, he saw Carson standing outside with another man. Defendant and Carson, along with Carson's brother, had a history of violent confrontations. More specifically, defendant had been shot by Carson's brother on two separate occasions approximately five years earlier, and defendant knew that Carson believed him to be the perpetrator of a shooting the same year that left Carson, himself, wounded. Defendant testified that, when he was exiting the building, he saw Carson outside and observed Carson pull a gun out of his pocket. Defendant retreated back through the lobby, and returned to Foe's apartment on an upper floor, where he told Foe that Carson was outside with another man in a blue coat, and that Carson had pulled a gun. Although defendant asked Foe to call the police, hoping that their presence might prompt Carson to leave the area, Foe refused. When Foe's partner requested that defendant leave, Foe grabbed a loaded gun, cocked it, and put it on his waist, telling defendant that he would walk him out to his car. Foe and defendant descended the stairwell to the lobby. Looking into the lobby, Foe saw a man in a blue jacket and relayed his presence to defendant. Foe then handed the gun to defendant, who accepted it without objection, and instructed defendant to walk behind him. Approximately seven minutes after seeing Carson outside the building, defendant exited the stairwell into the lobby with the gun in his hand. As defendant stepped toward the building exit just a few feet away, he saw Carson down a nearby hallway. According to defendant, Carson had his hand in his pocket and lifted it upward, as if he was going to fire a gun. In response, defendant just blacked out and started shooting, ultimately firing five shots across the lobby, striking Carson three times and also hitting a bystander, before running out of the building. Once outside, defendant handed the gun back to Foe and fled. He was arrested several days later. Following the close of proof, the court instructed the jury on the legal principles applicable to defendant's justification defense relating to the shooting itself. Defendant argued that he was also entitled to a jury charge pertaining to temporary and lawful possession of the firearm in connection with the weapons possession charge. However, the trial court declined to provide that charge, observing that defendant had not been facing an imminent threat when he took possession of the gun in the stairwell particularly because he did not know whether Carson was still nearby. The jury acquitted defendant of the assault and attempted murder charges, but found him guilty of unlawfully possessing the firearm used in the shooting.
Defendant subsequently moved to set aside the verdict based on a juror's claim that she had been threatened in connection with the trial prior to deliberations. Following a hearing, during which the juror's allegations were fully explored, the court found the juror's allegations incredible and denied defendant's motion. On defendant's appeal, the appellate division affirmed. That court concluded there was no reasonable view of the evidence under which defendant was entitled to a temporary and lawful possession charge because, regardless of whether defendant came into possession of the pistol in an excusable manner, he used the gun dangerously when he fired five shots in the lobby of a building, admittedly shooting two victims, including a bystander not claimed to be posing any threat, while defendant just blinked out. The appellate division further held that there was no basis for disturbing the court's finding that the juror's testimony about being threatened was incredible. A judge of this court granted defendant leave to appeal. A court must instruct the jury regarding both the fundamental legal principles applicable to criminal cases in general and those material legal principles applicable to the particular case, CPL 300.1012. In determining whether to instruct a jury on a claim defense, the court must view the evidence adduced at trial in the light most favorable to the defendant, and must provide the requested charge if it is supported by a reasonable view of the evidence, people v. Zona, see people v. Banks, people v. Butts. The rule is that the jury must be instructed on all claimed defenses which are supported by a reasonable view of the evidence, not by any view of the evidence, however artificial or irrational, Butts. If the evidence sufficiently supports a defense, a failure by the court to charge the jury constitutes reversible error, People v. Watts. However, when no reasonable view of the evidence would support a finding of the tender defense, the court is under no obligation to submit the question to the jury. This court has long held that criminal possession of a weapon, as prescribed by the penal law, should not be construed to mean a possession, which might result temporarily and incidentally from the performance of some lawful act, People v. La Pella quoting People v. Purse. In order to trigger the right to a jury charge concerning the defense of temporary and lawful possession, there must be proof in the record showing a legal excuse for, possession as well as facts tending to establish that, once possession has been obtained, the weapon had not been used in a dangerous manner, People v. Williams. In accordance with those principles, the pattern jury charge relating to temporary and lawful possession explains that a person has innocent possession of a weapon when that person comes into possession of the weapon in an excusable manner and maintains possession, or intends to maintain possession, of the weapon only long enough to dispose of it safely, KG2DNY, temporary and lawful possession. In that regard, we have explained that a defendant may not be guilty of unlawful possession if the jury finds that the defendant found the weapon shortly before the defendant's possession of it was discovered and, the defendant, intended to turn it over to the authorities, People v. Almodovar, C. La Pella, see also Williams. We have also indicated that temporary and lawful possession may result where a defendant took, the firearm, from an assailant in the course of a fight, Almodovar and the circumstances do not otherwise evince an intent to maintain unlawful possession of the weapon, see for example Banks, People v. Snyder. In such scenarios, the innocent nature of the possession negates, the criminal act of possession, Almodovar. Ultimately, whether the weapon is found fortuitously or obtained by disarming an attacker, the underlying purpose of the charge is to foster a civic duty on the part of citizens to surrender dangerous weapons to the police, Williams. Here. 
Defendant argues that he was entitled to the temporary and lawful possession charge because he took possession of the weapon with the intent to use it only in self-defense and because his eventual firing of the gun was justified. We disagree. In People v. Almodovar, we explain that the defense of justification, which may render the use of a firearm lawful, is not a defense to the unlawful possession of the weapon. In that case, the defendant gained possession of his assailant's gun and shot the assailant and claimed self-defense. The defendant argued that the jury should have been instructed that lawful possession includes possession for the purpose of self-defense. We rejected the defendant's contention, explaining that, the essence of criminal possession is the act of possessing a weapon unlawfully, therefore, owns the unlawful possession of the weapon is established. The possessory crime is complete and any unlawful use of the weapon is punishable as a separate crime. Although we recognize that a defendant's possession of a weapon may be excused in circumstances where, for example, that possession results from disarming an attacker or accidental discovery, we clarified that a person either possesses a weapon lawfully or, does not and, a defendant, may not avoid the criminal charge by claiming that, the defendant, possessed the weapon for, protection because, while, justification may excuse otherwise unlawful use of the weapon, it is difficult to imagine circumstances where it could excuse unlawful possession of it. Viewing the evidence in the light most favorable to defendant, his initial possession of the firearm cannot be countenanced. Undisputedly, defendant's possession did not result temporarily and incidentally from the performance of some lawful act, such, as disarming a wrongful possessor or unexpected discovery, purse. Rather, under the circumstances presented here, defendant's contention that his possession should be legally excused on the grounds of self-defense amounts to a claim that he was entitled to possess the weapon for his protection. Even crediting defendant's testimony that he had been confronted by Carson at the building's exit earlier and that Carson had displayed a firearm at that time, Defendant testified that he then safely retreated to Foe's apartment. There was no evidence suggesting that Carson chased after defendant when he re-entered the building, or that Carson had any awareness of defendant's location in the building. Further, defendant admitted that he accepted possession of the firearm from Foe in the stairwell, at a time when he was unaware of Carson's whereabouts and was not facing any imminent threat to his safety. Defendant then chose to retain possession of the firearm and to enter the lobby with the weapon in his hand. Under these circumstances, the only reasonable conclusion to be drawn from the evidence is that defendant armed himself in anticipation of a potential confrontation, however, the law is clear that defendant may not avoid the criminal, possession, charge by claiming that he possessed the weapon for his protection, Almodovar. On this record, Defendant's unlawful possession of the firearm was established, and the possessory crime complete, when defendant accepted possession of the firearm in the stairwell. The trial court's decision to instruct the jury on justification with respect to defendant's use of the gun does not alter that conclusion. Inasmuch as there was no reasonable view of the evidence upon which a jury could find that defendant's initial possession was temporary and lawful, defendant was not entitled to a jury charge on that defense. In light of this conclusion, we have no occasion to pass upon whether defendant subsequently used the firearm in a dangerous manner so as to otherwise deprive him of any entitlement to the charge. Defendant's challenge to the denial of his motion to set aside the verdict is also unavailing. Theory all courts are vested with discretion in deciding CPL 330.302, motions, 
and this court will uphold a trial court's undisturbed findings of fact if they are supported by evidence in the record, People v. Rodriguez, internal citation omitted, see People v. Saraceli. Here, the hearing court had the opportunity to evaluate the juror's demeanor and credibility, and the court thoroughly explained its basis for discrediting the juror's allegations, including the location at which the threat was purportedly made, the nature of the threat, the manner in which the allegations were reported, as well as the juror's refusal to cooperate with authorities attempting to investigate the alleged threat. Insofar as the court's credibility determination finds support in the record, this issue is beyond the scope of our review. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Order affirmed. Opinion by Judge Stein. Judges Fahey, Garcia and Feynman concur. Judge Rivera concurs in result in an opinion. Judge Wilson concurs in result in a separate concurring opinion. Chief Judge DeFiore took no part. Decided December 17, 2020. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.